Hello and welcome back to Loogie. Today's episode 16. I'm your host, Zach, as usual, here with Jack and Andrew. The season has ended, and sadly, the Mets ended on a loss yesterday and out of the playoffs. So the Mets season has ended. Baseball has not. We finished this last week with a 4-3 and record, 4.2 runs scored per game, 3.3 allowed. Our final record was 77 and 85, third place in the standings, 11 and a half games behind the Braves, 13 games out of the wild card. We have gone nothing but backwards since starting this podcast, basically. (laughs) Um, Jack, do you want to just give us your thoughts on the week? There's not much to think about here. What, what did we start the podcast the same day the Grom went down? I mean, that's, that's possible. I mean, that's <laughs> that obviously when it all started. But um, I mean, that's the one thing about losing your ace is that, okay, you're you're kind of worse in one spot, but every spot is another player worse. Now, Stroman is your ace, and he's not as good as the Grom and right down the line. So losing an ace is is really a huge impact. I think it's a bigger impact than losing a position player. Hmm. But um, yeah, what is there to say about the week? It's it's the same old thing, and um, Louis managed the way he always manages, right to the bitter end, the most <laughs> boring by the book way possible. And um, I don't really have to say much more about him, though, do I? I mean, thank so, God we didn't want so him to I save his job. I'm not going to say anything more about him, <laughs> but I'm glad the season over, and and um, we beat. Andrew DeComo, and we also beat um, the, the Post beat writer to the punch because they just had an article about the decisions the Mets have to make about certain players like McNeil, like yeah. Smith, like Davis. And I mean, obviously, that goes without saying, but we, we had already talked about that already. We're way ahead of those guys. So yeah, that was old news if you're listening to Lou. I'm glad it's over. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens in the offseason. I think it's going to be really hard to do anything mm-hmm. big, but um, we'll talk about that. Andrew, what'd you see there? Yeah, same old, same old. I'm kind of like like Zach pointed out briefly there. I'm glad we almost didn't make a pointless late season run to save Louis's job because yeah. that happens way too often in sports yeah. where you know the time's over with that coach or manager or whatever, and you know they hang on to their job for you know even if they get fired in the middle of the season, then it's just another wasted year so i'm glad that that's out of the way and we can kind of move on but yeah obviously an extremely disappointing season as we've talked about over and over again um yeah glad unfortunately glad it's over and don't have to watch don't have to suffer until next year yeah it was it was very difficult so you know Louie got fired, as we all know. So what are your guys' reactions to that, Zach? Uh, what do you think about that? Well, Jack, I think you started the snowball effect of the whole yeah. uh, Rojas out thing weeks and weeks ago. And, yeah. I mean, if anybody watched the games, they know that uh, those claims were backed up and supported by some very poor managing. A lot of interesting and boring managing by him it's like he didn't want to save his job i mean he he kept to the script of of you know when when it's this inning this pitcher when it's this inning this pitcher and then he started making some mistakes that weren't even by the book it was like honestly he got got desperate he got desperate i think there was definitely a point i think when i looked at his face and i said to myself i think he knows he's done Uh, i think the fact that when he got desperate, he had to go off the book and he made the wrong decisions because that's when yes. it's, you know, it's crunch time then. It's when you yeah. have to make these big decisions and go off script, are you going to make the right decisions? And he didn't. So, I mean, at that point, it's obvious to the front office, this guy's not the manager yeah. for this team. And uh, I think they made the right decision. Obviously, uh, I think you guys do as well. And I think everybody's kind of okay with it. I don't, I don't hear anybody... Uh, pleading a case for Rojas. Andrew, how about you? His wife, but that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, same. I I don't think he is the manager for this team. I kind of don't... I'm I'm curious to see what 
how big the role of a manager is in this day because mm-hmm. for all we know you know he is being told to do that and to do everything according to what the analytics say so then you have to think maybe his role was just in the clubhouse but clearly these guys didn't have the right attitude or something going into the games because their performance was horrible so you know, even if we got another guy who's going to be by the book, maybe he'll shake up the clubhouse and get a little bit more performance out of the players or something. But yeah, I, I just, he's not the guy for this team. Well, you know, it's funny. Phil Mushnick said the same thing. He said, you know what? No matter who they get to manage this team at this point, it's probably going to be the same crap because it's all about the analytics and all. Now, having said that, you know, Tony LaRusso is not in the White Sox dugout listening to analytics. He's managing old school, and you know what the White Sox have done this year. So, um, I, it's, um, but, but the fear is, as Andrew says, it's just going to be the same kind of by-the-book crap and, and not, um, you know, somebody just trying to do something different um, than what any of us could do and manage by the book. So what about the new manager? What kind of guy are they looking for, I wonder? I haven't heard anything specific about a new manager, Mm -hmm. but I have heard, I mean, the front office needs a lot of work, and I have heard Epstein and Billy Bean's name thrown around, which obviously would be great. But honestly, I have no idea. I think Quattlebaum might be ready to step into the (laughs) position of of team manager. No, he's Bat Boy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he needs to get demoted oh. to that boy. I you mispronounced his name, by the way. Oh, sorry, Quaddlebum. Sorry, yeah, it's my accent. Well, I'm my hearing Southern Billy accent. Bean a lot, and the one thing I have to wonder about manager, although of course Billy Bean's going to have some input in on this, but AJ Hinch is back in baseball of the from the Astros after the controversy. Cheater. Alex Cora is back in cheating. So could. Carlos Beltran possibly come back having served his sentence, I guess, for his role in the cheating. Ah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, we shall see. Again, though, with a new guy running the show, um, he might have a, somebody in line already. Oh, and Dusty Baker, another old school dude who has his team playing well and in the playoffs. So. No, I would love Mookie, Dusty Baker. Maybe Mookie, That'd be Wilson great. Will come man- maybe Mookie Wilson I'm picking for manager. All right, uh, two weeks ago, no, last week, we graded the Mets infield. This week, we're going to grade the Mets outfield on the year. We'll start with Andrew and Brandon Nimmo. Yeah, Nimmo has been as advertised, uh, you know, consistent as always. Uh, Taking a look at his stats, I mean, we all know he's, you know, the on-base guy when... When he was gone, the offense kind of shut down. And then, you know, he returned midseason and they started playing well. And then obviously that didn't last. But over the year, he had 401 on base percentage. Obviously incredible, especially his batting average wasn't absurdly high. Uh, top 10 in all of baseball and walk percentage, again, down to that eye. Um, he is top five in. It's called O swing percentage or chase rate. So he only swings at 20% of pitches that are out of the zone, where league average is 31%. I went and looked at Baez is at 46%. <laughs> you sure it's not in 76? I mean, it, it, it feels like Jeez. it. So again, clearly has an incredible eye. And then the other thing that stood out to me is he's top three in zone percentage, which is the percentage of percentage of pitches that he sees that are in the strike zone so that basically means pitchers know his eye is amazing Mm -hmm. so they're forced to throw strikes which then obviously you know he can get more hits but then also makes the walk numbers even more impressive when guys are really trying to throw strikes to him um so great on base here for him again as always Unfortunately, only played 92 games, had two, well, one more major injury and then one more minor. Uh, So he missed a lot of time, but he still put up 3.4 war, which is the best of any Mets hitter, which I guess says more about the team than it does him, that (laughs) a guy that missed half the year is still our most valuable hitter. 
Yeah. Um, defensively, he had his best defensive year. He looked, I thought, really good in center. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think he had a really good year. Uh, I'm a bit concerned about his health going forward. He missed 73. He was on the injured list for 73 days this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2019, he missed 103 days. 2017, he missed 66 days. So, mm-hmm. not ideal, but no. you, you, you can't really complain about his season other than the injuries. So, I gave him an A-. Yeah, which actually was exactly what I gave him, Andrew, A minus. You know, um, he being asked to lead off and get on base. And he, uh, 401 is the number I circled when I was looking at Nimmo. Got to get some base. He's 393 lifetime OBP. So he is, um, you know, he's, he's, he's asked to bat lead off now. And so he improved his on base percentage as a result. He plays hard. He gives you good defense out there. I gave him an A minus also, and I'll just say that much because I got another thing to say. But that's A minus Brandon Nimmo. It was a, a, a breath of fresh air on this team. The only one. I gave him a B plus plus, which now I'm realizing is basically an A minus. That's but, what I was about to say. That's the same thing as an A minus. I'm keeping it at a B plus plus because of just the games missed um and i gave alonzo an a minus and i would feel uh i would feel an an unfair grader if i gave him also an a minus so i'm giving him a b plus plus i think he had uh, an excellent year for the uh for the amount of games he played let me ask you a question you get a big impact you get a test you get a paper back from your teacher and she writes B or he, B plus plus on the top of your paper. Uh-huh. What, what is, what's the first thing you're going to do? Well, well, if I had missed, um, if I had missed like, a, like all my classes and, uh, and the teacher had said, if you miss <laughs> half your classes this year mm-hmm. and you get a hundred on the test, I'm still going to give you a B. But if you get a hundred, I'm going to be really, you know. I want to be fair. I'm going to give you B plus plus. Then I, I, the, I would say that's fine. I mean, that's just how the teacher grades things. And, and the I'm answer the is you situation. would have gone to the teacher and said, what the hell does this mean? But anyway. <laughs> well, good thing Brandon Nimmo doesn't listen to the podcast. But if you do, Brandon, I give, I, I'll switch it to an A plus plus just Ooh, for you, buddy. All right. Yeah, there you go. Hey, with a grade like that, he might come on the podcast. Hey, Brandon, come on. We'll have you anytime. All right, who's next? Michael Conforto, the kid. How did he do this year? Yeah, very, very disappointing year from Conforto. Mm. Uh, only 14 home runs, hit 232, 344 on base. So he, he walked a little bit. Um, he had some, especially early in the year, had some highlight real defensive plays. Like he looked really, really good in right. Um, defensive metrics wise, he had an above average year, you know, not incredible, but still pretty good. Cause you usually don't think of him as a strong defender. Um, but yeah, there's not really much to say about him other than just nowhere near meeting expectations. Um, unfortunately his numbers are actually really similar to Francisco Lindor's. Uh, slightly better on base percentage. Slugging is worse. He actually had a lower OPS than Lindor. So, you know, not at all what we were hoping and expecting from Conforto, especially, you know, in a contract year. So I gave Conforto a C minus. Dang, that's also what I gave him was a C minus. You guys are just both really smart about baseball so i'm not We're surprised in sync. well here's yeah. here's this here's the to me is the interesting or the odd thing about conforto i mean last year he batted 322 obp 412 fabulous this year batted 232 of course in his last 30 games he had five home runs and 21 rbis which over a 150 game stretch projects to 25 and 105 while batting 270 so you know, he had a great year last year. He had a, f- finished with a flurry here in 21. Um, so, but obviously, for the reasons Andrew said, I also gave him a C minus. So, again, we're just in a very interesting um, offseason for Michael Conforto. Zach, what did you get for him? 
I gave him a C minus minus. I was hoping you'd say that. Because, you know, I felt bad if I gave him an F plus, so I gave him or a C minus. Uh, I gave him a C minus minus. Yeah, I mean, similar numbers to Lindor would have been great two years ago. Uh, but this year, sadly, that is not a good comparison to make. So, yeah, for all the same reasons, C minus minus. Let's move on to our left fielders here. Dominic Smith is the first up. Andrew? Dom Smith, you know, he had 244 batting average, which is better than Conforto, Lindor, Pilar, and McCann. But that's really the only <laughs> yep. the the only positive to Dom Smith's season. Uh, he put up negative WAR this year, which <laughs> he's one of only six players with at least 450 play appearances to put up negative WAR. I this can't year, that many times. That's incredible. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, most of the guys that are playing that poorly, you know, only get two, three hundred play appearances, and they're done. Uh, he had a three hundred four on base, which is dreadful. A six sixty seven OPS. Yeah, there's really and and played bat. I mean, he's not a left fielder. You know, he's a first baseman, but he did not play a good left field. So. There are really no positives from his season, especially when you compare it to what he did last year. Mm-hmm. So I gave Dom an F for this year. Wow, an F. Yeah. Well, this is, you know, <laughs> again, well, he loves it. <laughs> Jack, Zach gave an F minus minus, but hey, but no. <laughs> I got to one up no. him. <laughs> I mean, I, again, Dominic and Conforto last year, Dominic 316 batting average, OPS 993. And then mm. you get this. And it seems like he's been stuck on 11 home runs at 58 RBIs for, for two months now. I, I, I tried to find out what he's done the last two months, but he hadn't done squat. So, um, again, and, and again, you always ask yourself, what do you do with a guy who had a great previous season and he sucks this year? Um, I, gave, I gave him a D plus for, I'm not sure for what, but I gave him a D plus. He, he, he looked pretty good early in the season, so... That's what that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say there was a time where I think when he came to the plate, I was like, okay, Dom Smith is up. There's potential here. Something may happen. And to hear his numbers now, to hear his numbers now, it's like I can't believe at some point in the season I was like, okay, Dom Smith is up with a runner in scoring position. Position we we might get a run out of this inning. Um, He completely tanked most of the season. so I'm going to give him an F plus just because I couldn't give him an F minus minus <laughs> or an F plus plus. I didn't feel like he really yeah. fit into any of those specific categories. He didn't deserve an extra. Exactly. Plus. So I'm giving him an F plus. Yeah. Let's move on to his uh, partner in crime, I guess. Uh, Kevin Pilar, mm-hmm. the masked maniac. Pilar. I mean, he he's a bench guy. Can't, he was brought in to be, you know, fourth outfielder, defensive replacement. Uh, he played 124 games, but I think a lot of those were just late inning substitutions. Yeah, pinch hit, late inning defense. Yeah, yeah. he hit he hit 15 home runs, and he he definitely had some clutch hits and some clutch home runs throughout the year. But he only he batted 231. He had a 277 on base. He to me, it was extremely frustrating to watch because he s- swings at everything. Yeah. Like, he like swings or check swings at every single pitch, no matter where it is. Uh, he he's walking at it three point two percent of the time, which is you know bottom 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 tier. Um. He and honestly, his defensive numbers. He's kind of living off of his reputation from a few years ago. Where you know he's he's getting older, he's really not that good yeah, in the outfield yeah. anymore. Yeah. So I don't, you know, he's a guy that I wouldn't really want back on this team. Like you could find a young guy that might have some more potential and that could play a better center field or a better late game corner outfield. So I mean, his numbers were not great, but he was brought in to be a backup, so you can't be that hard on him so i gave him just a c just right flat in the middle you know didn't do anything amazing but he wasn't that bad fair 
Very yeah, fair. I, 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 yeah, similar. I mean, you know, he wasn't, he, he didn't come in here to play 124 games at bat 347 times. Um, but he did, and he gave us a few moments of glory, which was very nice. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, 32, he, he might be done even. I'm not sure who wants a 33-year-old middle of the road back up outfit because as Andrew said, you're going to look to get younger than 33. Uh, I gave him a B minus because, you know, he's a gamer. He hung mm-hmm. in there. He played tough for us. And um, I would have gave him a B minus minus, but he stopped doing the thumbs down. Um, so I, uh, I gave him a B minus. Well, that's very close to my ranking. I think I gave him a C plus plus plus, three pluses this time. Almost. I wanted to give him a B minus because of the getting hit in the face and then playing like a couple yeah, days later. I, I thought that was awesome. Funny. I thought that yeah. was a good. I mean, that really boosts team morale when you have a guy who's who's willing to put it on the line like that. That is no and word. and at the time I I was I had a lot of respect for Kevin Pillar and I still do, and I think. Uh, if you know, I mean, he obviously isn't a stud, so I'm not. I, I just couldn't give him a B minus. I I gave him a C plus plus plus. He was very close though. I like I like his grit. So there you go. That's our uh, gradings for the Mets outfield this year. Hey, Brandon Nimmo got a couple of A's. At least we got one guy out there who's you know yep. getting on the honor roll. That's good for us, right? Yes, indeed. Now. Um, you know, I love Brandon Nimmo. Sometimes, though, that's not the kind of guy that wins you championships in center field. It's a nice maybe fourth outfielder on a center fielder, a nice fourth outfielder on a championship team. But I do believe he's got a chance to get even better. Let's move on to notable. Or, no, let's you know, let's do MLB fact of the week. Andrew, you got one for us? I do. It's another continuation of our Wander Franco watch. Uh, his on-base streak has officially ended at 43 games. Oof. So the that 43 tied. games ties him for the all-time record for players under 21 years old with Frank Robinson. Yeah. Uh, the streak also puts him and Frank Robinson's already in this category at sixth all-time for longest on-base streak under 22. Ah. And that's only behind Stan Musial, Joe DiMaggio, Albert Pujols, Ricky Henderson, and Ted Williams. All massive Hall of Famers. Yes, yeah. exactly. So if you're, if you're getting on base like this that early in your career, it's probably a good sign for your future. Great company. And the incredible stat about this streak is during the streak, Wander Franco had more hits than he did swing and miss. He had 53 wow. hits. And he swung and missed 48 times. I heard Ron Darling get that stat like two weeks ago, and I couldn't believe it. But apparently he continued that incredible. Yeah, more sw- more hits than swing and misses. That's, that's incredible. So, yeah. Well, if I'm the Tampa Bay Ray owner, you know what I'm thinking about right now, boys? What's that? I'm thinking I'm moving this team to a oh city that'll build me a nice stadium and sell out every night. Montreal, please. He 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 is the he is should be the driving force to moving that team out of that shit town and that sorry Tampa listeners and your shit stadium, which I know Tampa listeners agree with that. I'd move out of there with Wanda Franco as my my stimuli. Yeah, yeah, and it's weird because I mean they Tampa Bay has a team the Tampa Bay Lightning that do very well in that town. Yes. And hockey's not a popular sport, definitely not in the south. Yeah. Um so it's weird that that the Ray, that the Rays such a I mean a frequently good team these past, you know, 5 years. Yeah. Uh it's weird that they can't get a crowd and it seems like if they can't get a crowd for a season like this where they set a record for wins, I think. I think they yeah. broke the 100 the 100 uh mark. And if they can't get people in with a guy like Wander Franco on the team. I mean, that's a guy like Bryce Harper that brings in people uh, when they come up. And yeah, I agree. You got to get them out of there. Tampa Bay is too good of a team, too good of an organization. I mean, Miami took the time to build. I mean, obviously you can't play outdoors in Florida. Right. 
Miami took the time to build a retractable, you know, see-through glassed-in stadium, and that still isn't helping them. Mm-hmm. So you can't. I mean, Tampa Bay finished next to last in attendance this year, twenty-eighth. Miami finished. Wow. Last. So you got to get out of there. I mean, there's nothing yeah. you can do. And Miami's won two pennants or two World Series, rather. Now, granted, they 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 buy they they sell all their good players and all, but uh-huh. for Tampa Bay, am I looking at it? Yeah. 2021 attendance, believe it or not, Tampa Bay finished 28th out of 30 teams. So, wow, you got to get out of here. You got Wanda Franco, and as you said, Zach, you have a great team, and you're just mm-hmm. being wasted with these guys. So, yeah, and they're getting consistent. I mean, the, the organization really knows what it's doing. So, yes, got to get oh, out yeah. of there. They're brilliant. This is a brilliant organization. I don't know who's doing it, and, and I'm not following that closely. <laughs> yeah, but, me neither. <laughs> you know, to, to win consistently with a team in Tampa is pretty dang incredible. All right. Yeah, what, awesome what, for them. Yeah. Let's move on to postseason predictions. Uh, boys, are we going to do our whole bracket here, or are we just going to do first round wild card? Yeah, who wants to go first? We'll, we'll just go to the, the pennant winners. Okay, all right. Uh, Andrew, do you want to lead off? Sure. So right. I, well, I do have my my full bracket, but I got a World Series winner in the wild Ooh. card. I got Yankees, wow. Yankees over Red Sox. Okay. And then I got in, I guess, yeah, in the DS, Rays over Yankees and uh-huh. Astros over White Sox. Okay. Then in the CS, I have Astros over the Rays with the Astros in the World Series. And then on the NL side, I have the Dodgers over the Cardinals. And then in the DS, Dodgers over the Giants and Brewers over the Braves. So we got Dodgers versus Brewers in the CS. I have the Dodgers winning that, moving on to the World Series. So we got an Astros, Dodgers... World Series, which I would love. I mean, I would love for the Dodgers to beat them, you know, facing against the cheaters that beat them. Mm-hmm. But with the way everything likes to play out, I got Astros over the Dodgers to win the World Series. Okay. All right. Well, Jack, do you want to go next or do you want me to go? Yeah, well, you can go. You can. All right, I'll go. Um, I'm just going to do my first round predictions because I'm going to make second round predictions later because I know I'm going to be wrong <laughs> on the first round predictions. So I'll start in there. We the... don't know how wrong you're going to be unless you go to the next round. <laughs> go, go to the, at least go to the... the okay. League. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll go to the World Series. I'll go all the way to the World Series. Yeah, yeah, go all the way, man. Here we go. Come on, you chicken. I'm taking the Sox over the Yanks. Um, I'll be watching that game tomorrow with a Yankees fan. So I might even just pretend to root for the Yankees with him just to make it interesting for myself while watching it. Mm-hmm. But deep down inside, I'll be going for the Sox. Um, Tampa Bay beats uh, the Sox in the DS. I've got the White Sox beating the Astros uh, in that DS because just Chicago pride. I think that they have a cool team. I like Tim Anderson and like nobody else. Lance Lynn's cool too. I've got in the other wild card game, the Dodgers beating the Cardinals. I think nobody's going to beat Max Scherzer in one game. He's just he's just too good. And then I also have uh, the Brewers taking on the Braves, beating them. Um, and then Dodgers end up beating the Giants, even though I love the Giants to uh, continue somehow uh, – slaying the dragon out there in the west but i don't think that's going to happen i think the rotation for the dodgers is just too much Mm. and then i'm gonna have i think i'm gonna have the white Sox beating the rays and going to the world series against the dodgers who will beat them so i have dodgers world series champs yet again uh with the white Sox just losing out all right. And that All right. is my 2021 MLB playoff bracket. Jack, okay, well, somebody write this down later so we can have a con. We could just, all, you know, have a dollar wager on this thing. Okay, All right. I got, I got the Rays over the Red Sox, who will defeat the Yankees tomorrow. I've got the White Sox over the Astros, and I have the White Sox winning the American League. 
In the NL, I've got copying the, me so far. All right. I've got the Cardinals beating the Dodgers tomorrow night at one. What? And I've got the Cardinals over the Giants. Oh. I've got Milwaukee over the Braves, and I have Milwaukee beating the Cardinals to win the wow. National League. So I've got White Sox, Milwaukee in the World Series, and I'm taking um, the Milwaukee, Milwaukee Braves. I'm sorry, the Milwaukee Brewers. <laughs> so what year is this? To, I'm to taking Hank Aaron years. and the Milwaukee um, Braves. Taking Bluebird <laughs> Deck. <laughs> Uh, Johnny Sane and Warren Spahn, the Milwaukee Brewers, to defeat the White Sox in the final. Wow, that's that that would be an interesting series with how close they are. You know, they're very close. Let me tell you, when I used to do my um, NCAA bracket, I would go by coaches. You know, try to go with the coach. So I'm, I've got Tony Larusa, old school manager, versus Craig Council, who is an old school manager, even though he's a younger guy for the mm-hmm. Brewers. So White Sox Brewers with no. I would love to see the Brewers finally you know, do some damage in the playoffs. They've been a good team for quite a while. Yes. That would be fun. Yeah. All right, boys, we'll see. Uh, we'll see who's uh, most correct. All right. If uh, history tells us anything, it's Jack. Jack's going to be, be spot yeah, on. No, it, it'll be me. It'll be me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to this day in history. Today is October the 4th, 2021. Andrew, what else has happened today in history? Yeah, this one isn't too much of a historical one, but it's something that maybe you guys have known about, but I didn't know this was a thing. Uh, It started in 2015, October 4th, 2015. Uh, To add more drama to the regular season's final day, the MLB schedules all their games at 3 p.m. Eastern. So similar to English Premier League Survival Sunday, Mm -hmm. where it evens the field so teams can't rest players if they're playing a later game than you know another team that they're in a fight for or in a fight with uh so the results will all happen right around the same time which i I didn't know that they had done this i did know that all the games were at three o'clock on the last day of the season but yeah that was interesting i had i had no clue that is well it's a brilliant idea to take that from the uh Premier League because it definitely adds huge drama to the final day. I know I was watching yesterday. Were you guys watching any of the games? Oh yeah, yeah. You I mean the, the the Yankees walk off. Yep, yep. A lot of drama. Anthony Rizzo was a was a part of that. I was pretty happy about that. I was hoping he'd get like a home run or something, but mm-hmm. you know, single to keep it alive is fine with me. And then the Red Sox also had some drama with the with the lowly Nationals, so it made it interesting. Mm, yes, I think I think yesterday was kind of a, you know, it wasn't. It's not how every uh, championship Sunday or whatever you want to call it is going to be like. But there was a lot of tight races going on, so it was perfect. Yes. Jack. Jack, like hello. It. Yes. Yes. I, I need you to tell me what pissed you off this week. Well, a lot of things pissed me off this week, but. No, I was Regarding just, baseball, preferably. I was just looking around to find a, a nice fit for our team for mm-hmm. next year. I came up with a guy, but it was really hard to find a guy because how do you find a guy who can get on base, get a lot of walks, doesn't strike out a lot, and it's for decent batting average and has a little bit of speed. Maybe give you 15 stolen bases, um, likes to walk, OPP, you know, 370. And you know what? You can't find those guys anywhere anymore. It's like <laughs> non-existent. So I went and did a little research. I looked at the Tampa Bay Rays. And this is more a comment about how the game has changed more than what's better. Although I may have an opinion about what's better. But this year, the Tampa Bay Rays, who I guess could be the best team in baseball, had six players strike out 100 or more times. Hmm. They had... Nine players strike out 75 or more times. So you had six over 100 and three more were 75 to 100. There's nine players with 75 or more strikeouts. Nine. That's every guy in your lineup because only nine guys are batting. (laughs) I mean, are you kidding me? So I said to myself, well, I I don't want to look around too much, but let's go. Let's just take the 86 Mets as our benchmark. Would anybody like to guess how many players for the 86 Mets struck out more than 75 times? Not more than 100, more than 75 times. I'll say zero. 
Give me two. The answer is one. Ah, dang Darryl it. Strawberry. I now think you, you had, went over, so I think I won. You had Gary Carter on this team. You had Keith Hernandez on this team. You had Mookie Wilson, Lenny Dykstra on this team. You had a lot of excellent players on this team, but only one guy struck out more than 75 times. So that's pissing me off. I mean, we could talk about, you know, balls in play is where the excitement of baseball begins. Mm-hmm. You get to see balls in the alley, double plays, guys, triples, you know, if the ball's not in play, well, then the game is not as exciting. So all these strikeouts, walks and home runs when the ball's not in play is not a lot of action involved. So when I saw that, that we only had in 86, one Met strikeout over 75 times versus nine for the Rays, uh, that really pissed me off. Well, what it seems to be is the You know sets. what I did? I, I turned right to the bottle. I said, I need a drink. <laughs> <laughs> but what were you going to say, Zach? I'm sorry. Well, that definitely wasn't because you were looking at any statistics of any sort. It was just that time of the night, I think. But what I was going to say was, um, I guess what the statistics... I agree with you. It is more exciting when the ball is put in play. But it must be that the statistics are showing. It doesn't matter how much you put the ball in play as long as it goes over the fence. Uh, that's what wins you games. And well, we talked about be. this before with Jeff McNeil and his uh, half a season getting on base, getting hits, and his half a season hitting more home runs. He was seemingly just as productive in terms of helping the Mets win games. Well, yes, there's a balance there, but all I'm saying is all these strikeouts makes for a less interesting game. I 100% agree. And I wish, I wish the... Uh, stats didn't show that everybody should be swinging all the time i i, I completely agree that bothers me too jack you know what that almost pissed me off too those stats you just gave next year next quite. week i'll give you something that really pissed you off but anyway go ahead. i'm hard i'm hard to piss off all right are you guys ready for the quiz yeah i'm ready for the quiz, the quiz. yeah i'm ready. ready the quiz all right I'm going to give you a guy played from 1967 to 1976. Are you guys ready? Yeah. His nickname was Spider. Hmm. Spider. How are you going to get a question like this? 67 to. Well, I'm going to ask a 2015 to 2017 question, and you're, and you're going to be like, how am I supposed to get this? So, you know. Well, it's I'm a about difficult... to say it right now about Spider. All right. Well, good. Well, well I mean, you, you don't know it either. <laughs> I'm going to take a guess. Spider. Hmm. Wasn't a very popular guy. I mean, maybe he wasn't. I ask the coolest nicknames, all right? That's what I ask. You're doing good. And Spider is the name from uh it's a what guy team was he on? you don't know i really thought you were going to get this all right one. i'm going to give a shot no no sorry. you want me to tell you what team he was on no here you go i know i'm wrong but he was on the royals he was on the white Sox. Hmm. He's on the, he was on the reds don't know who is it, Andrew? Peter Parker. I don't know. <laughs> it's better than my guess. Than well, my guess. Andrew was right. It is Peter Parker. No, it's not. No, it's Roger Nelson. Do you know yeah. Roger Nelson, Jack? Yeah, he's a, a journeyman relief pitcher who never made a name for himself in any way. Except his name is Spider. Well, I didn't know it. I can't believe you didn't know that. All right. We're going to go to a more present day nickname. 2008 to present. You ready, Jack? Oh, yeah. I'm ready. I got this one. Cargo. Oh, yeah, baby. (laughs) Cargo. I bet his first name is Carlos. I think I know, but I can't remember. Well, I'm going to go with the obvious. (laughs) <laughs> all right jack you can you can say your answer out loud to me carlos gomez cargo andrew yeah i, I always would get that one confused but cargo is carlos gonzalez from that the is 
Rockies. That is correct. Carlos Gonzalez. All right. So it's one nothing, Andrew. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm going to give you a chance to tie it up, Jack. Right. I'm going to give you an old school guy. You ready? Oh, you looking it up right now? This is a, like no. a delay here. Oh, let's no, hear no, it. I'm not looking it up now. I'm just saying, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Oh, gosh. I'm ready. <laughs> You ready? Yes, come on. <laughs> the clock is ticking. All right. Senior Smoke. Senior Smoke. Uh, yeah, okay. I should know this one. I thought that was a... Does it ring a bell? I don't know. I'm sure I'm wrong. Andrew, do you have a guess? No, I got nothing. I mean, hopefully this is a little more famous of a guy than um, Roger Nelson. Go ahead. You ready? Yeah. It's Aurelio Lopez Rios. Okay. You know him, right? I don't know. I mean, I... He's a statue. He's a statue. He's kind of bounced around a lot. Oh you know? no, he's very famous, Jack. Come on, Detroit, Detroit Tigers, Mexican baseball player. Well, nicknames are hard because some of those some players have nicknames that you never hear, especially if they're like journeyman guys who weren't that good. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you never ever hear those nicknames. Like I go on Baseball Reference. Looking around, and they'll be—it always lists somebody's nickname, and I'm like, "That was his nickname," you know? Who knew? Is he your candidate for ugliest player on the 1983 Detroit Tigers? <laughs> uh, he would be. Yeah, he would be up there. I mean, he kind of looks like a singer. Like he'd be kind of—it's like his girlfriend just left him. <laughs> sad. He does look a little bit sad. Poor guy. I mean, oh, he has I'm a cool. Sorry, I didn't. Sorry, I didn't know these guys. No, it's okay because you gave Andrew a, a a win there. So much needed win. Yeah, we're all happy about that. All right. I'll Nobody's go. rooting for you. All right, Jack. But we are we are rooting for you to give us your second baseman for your all time team because all right, you know it's been a week since we've gotten a guy. You got anybody for us this week? Yeah, second base. I'm going to go with Craig Biggio. Craig Biggio. Oh, classic. Was a classic old-time dirty baseball player he always hustled he always plays hard he'd always do anything to win and he himself said he played every game like it was his last game like i, I might never play this game again and i'm gonna play hard every night and you know you love guys like this mm -hmm. he is a hall of famer 20 years with the astros five years he led the league and hit by pitch so he got a lot of hit by pitches. He averaged 162 game average, 38 doubles, 24 steals, 17 home runs, 281 batting average, 66 walks. So a guy who also won three golden gloves. So one of these guys who I love who can do a lot of things, mm. they can do every, a lot of different things. So they play very hard. He batted lead off for these guys for nearly the 20 years he was there. Um, Five times had an over 400 on base percentage. He's fifth all time in total doubles, um, which I thought I had no idea, but that's pretty impressive. He didn't have a mm -hmm. lot of power, but he had a lot of a lot of alley power, a lot of power to the gaps. Um, mm -hmm. He has 3,000 hits plus. Now he hit 3,000. His 3,000th hit, as a matter of fact, he tried to stretch a single into a double and got thrown out <laughs> of second. So, but that's then, funny. but and he ended up getting five hits in that game. So. Um, just a great guy to have on your team and in your lineup. He's also a Seton Hall grad, to all our Jersey listeners. Nice. So yeah, Craig Biggio will be my second baseman. That's a hell of a team I just built. By yeah, way. man, this this team is looking absolutely filthy. Yeah, it's filthy. All right. All you got left is your catcher, and then I guess we'll do a starting pitcher. Yeah, I guess we will, and a relief pitcher. And a relief pitcher. All right. Yeah. All right, boys. That was fun. Good addition, Craig Biggio. Welcome to Jack's all-time team. Congratulations. It's a very high honor, honestly. Yes, it is. But let's move right along 
to testing Jack's knowledge this week, Ooh. and I'm going to give you an easy one. I think you'll nail this. I think you'll I knock it out of the park. because those nicknames sucked, but go ahead. They did suck. Sorry, I just tried to choose some cool ones, but I'm going to mm. post a picture. Do you know who this guy is? I hope I do. Well, it's obviously a Cincinnati Red, but no, I have no idea who that guy is. Um, Jim Maloney. No. I don't know. He is on the 1962 New York Mets. Um, Jack Fisher? Um, Cal Kuntz? Huh. I don't know. I honestly don't know either. I I lost him. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hold on, hold on. While I'm looking, you tell me all about the 1962. Well, there isn't much to say. Well, okay. They got a couple of guys at the end of their career, which in retrospect, it's, it's incredible to think that Duke Snyder and Gil Hodges, I do believe, ended their careers on That's the 62 right. Mets. Gil Hodges was on the team. Which is just nuts. Now, the, uh, they're most noteworthy for winning only 40 games that year and losing 120, which is about as bad as you can be. Casey Stengel, of course, was managing them after he had been fired from the Yankees. Um, no, who managed him in 62? Was it Casey Stengel? Manager was George Weiss. George Weiss, and then Casey. No, no, sorry, that was general manager. Yeah. Manager was Casey Stengel. Casey you're right. Stengel, yeah, he had been fired by the Yankees. Um, I'm all over the place. And then the Mets picked him up. So it was a lot of old time guys. You know, you you could protect a lot more players back then in the expansion draft than you can now. So they were getting like the dregs. The new and, Frank um, Thomas was on the team. Like their best pitcher lost 20 games. Who was the best starter on that team? It was uh, it was terrible. So, yeah, I mean, they won 40 games, and the thing they're most famous for, well, Marv Thronebury somehow made a career out of being on that team. He did Miller Lite commercials in the late 70s because he was marvelous Marv Thronebury from the 62 Mets. So he was like the like the number one loser on the losingest team of all time, <laughs> probably because of his name. So, But I don't know much more about that team because there really isn't much worth knowing about them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they sucked. Andrew, do you, do you know who the ugly guy was? Yeah, his name is Gus Bell. He hit 149, hit <laughs> six home runs, um, a 419 OPS. So, yeah, not much to write home about. But, you know, that's another guy who actually, he had a good career. Um, but he was another guy who was, like, definitely at the end of his career. And um, he was with the Reds for most of his career, well, as the picture indicates. And um, by the time he got to the Mets, he was pretty much done. And he's also the father of Major Leaguer Buddy Bell and the grandfather of two other ballplayers. Sorry, I had to put in another, <laughs> another ugly guy as runner-up. But it's only because of the unibrow. The unibrow just adds another element of... Okay, well, who's that? It's a Padres pitcher. Is it a 69 Padre? It's a Chris, his name is Chris Canizaro. Yeah, catcher. Yeah, catcher. For the Padres and a few other teams. I think he actually caught for the Mets at one point. I mean, he did. He was on the 62 Mets. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was runner-up this week. Congratulations yeah. to him. All right. Oh, and, and let's not forget Rogers Hornsby, the greatest right-handed batter in the history of baseball, lifetime BA 358, was a coach on that 62-minute team. Ah. So, moving right along. Great stat, Jack. Great stat. <laughs> Thank you. Now, before we get to the Joe West Award this week, Andrew has a few words to say on the namesake of this award's behalf. Joe West. Andrew? Yeah, we got some some Joe West news. I think this actually came out a couple weeks ago, and and we forgot to talk about it. But Joe has announced he's retiring at the end of this season. Mm-hmm. So this will be his last year umpiring in Major League Baseball. But then also was announced today is Joe West will be behind the plate for the NL Wild Card game. Oh my gosh! Which is just an absolutely horrible, horrible oh decision. By Major League Baseball, he is the I think the sixth least accurate umpire this year. Oh my! 
His best game, I think, is a low to mid 90s. He has best games of 96%, still six wrong calls, but he has many, many games in the 80s and the low 90s. Oh, um, wow. I do not understand this decision I guess at so all. Just- they're just throwing him a bone, apparently. That's why Jack yeah, well, took the yeah. Cardinals, because he knew anything could happen in that game. Yeah, anything can happen. I want to change my pick. That's a good point. Well, no, I'm just joking. I'm still taking what, the what Dodgers. Int- what does interest me about this game now is that players who've had long-time gripes with Joe West are going to have their final chance to give him a bag <laughs> of shit. So we might see... A we lot might of see Max Scherzer screaming at Joe yeah. West. He's going to be yeah. like, remember those 33 games that you ripped me off because you had some little shit calls? <laughs> I think a little too much is on the line for any of that to go down. But if anybody would do it, it would be Max Scherzer. So it would be crazy. It could Scherzer. be yeah. It could be interesting. You guys are absolutely right. Yeah. But let's move on to the Joe West Award this week. Uh, I mean, I think, honestly, the fact that it's the Joe West Award and we created it this year is perfect timing. He will be remembered forever with this award. Andrew, who won it this week? The winner this week is another new winner. Bruce Dreckman had 88.9% accuracy, 15 wrong calls. Not much to say again. There were a few pretty bad games this week, but this one was easily the worst. And it's not the worst that we've seen, but it is bad. Well, that's interesting because Drek, definition of Drek is that, uh, where did I just lost it? Uh, dung. It's slang for dung. Oh, uh, well, there you go. So this, this game was dung-like from uh, Bruce Dreckman. All right, next. Sorry. Hold on. I'm checking <laughs> if... Uh... I'm checking if Drek means anything in Dutch because that's what I thought you were going to hit us with. I thought you were going to hit us with some more... It's a Germanic base. Dutch knowledge. You're right. Dretch translates directly to Dretch. Congratulations, Bruce Drek... Sorry, Drekman. I'm saying Dretch. Drekman, well done on being the worst umpire. I'm upset that we're getting new guys more and more. Dungman. But, uh... Yeah, sorry, Bruce Dungman. <laughs> Congratulations on being a stinky umpire and living up to your name. You Let's go. move on to the Bill Clem Award. Did we get a three-peat from Gabe Morales this week? Gabe tried. He, I think he had at least a top 10 game this week, but he wasn't right. the best. The winner is a guy who I have never heard this name before. I honestly That's am good. still not convinced that it is a name. Uh, Fielden Colbreth is his name. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to laugh, but holy crap. That's yeah. 99% accuracy, only one wrong call. Great game. I mean, it ties the best games that we have ever seen. But I have to give an honorable mention to Adam Hamari, who had he umpired two games this week. He had a 98% three wrong call game and a 99% two wrong call game. Hmm. But he just got beat out by Fielden. Fielden? As in being in the field. And at the age of 49, he became the second youngest active crew chief. That is a very interesting name. I mean, Fielden, pretty pretty appropriate for baseball. It's got a bit of a baseball meaning. Well, he is from South Carolina, so that could be a real southern name there that uh, he's got. Yeah, Fielden sounds like one of those names. Fielden. That's like, that's yeah, probably his, probably his great grandfather. Oh, yeah. We were fielding out there. We were fielding him in the cotton great fields, man. and but he does not. He does not replace Gabe Morales as our potential off-season podcast interview. Oh, that was one thing that I want to mention. I tried to do some research to contact Gabe Morales. Unfortunately, umpires make it hard. To contact them on social media, not surprisingly. Mm, I'm sure they would get uh, roasted by fans. (laughs) Congratulations to um, Fielden. Yeah, congratulations, Fielden. Fielden Stream. His last name is Stream. Fielden Stream. (laughs) After the magazine. Field and Stream. Come on, it's funny. Laugh, damn it. Wait, is that Field and Stream? 
Yes, feel the <laughs> with the real magazine. Come on, get with me. Oh, I just got it. I did. <laughs> I had never heard of that magazine. You needed to, <laughs> but once you explained that it was field and <laughs> yeah, field and stream. Okay, yeah, that's funny. That is so funny, actually. <laughs> oh my gosh. We'll have to ask him. All right, next comment. Oh my gosh, yeah. I think next time, next person we bring on has to be someone that gets your old jokes. <laughs> Let's move on to the role player draft. Hey, in the seventies, you couldn't go into a dentist office without seeing seeing Field and Stream. Wow, wow! So it was that big, huh? Next up, next up. All right, let's move on, Andrew. Let's get to the uh, role player draft. How many home runs did Shohei hit? I know he hit at least one. I saw him hit one on the last day of the season yesterday. Yep, for his finale, Shohei hit one home run this week. All right, congratulations, Shohei, on an incredible MVP season. Sorry we're not going to see you in the playoffs, pal. How many did Pete Alonso hit for the Mets? Pete got a garbage home run off of a backup catcher who I think was pitching. Uh, so he hit two this week. <laughs> Yes. We also got robbed of one, so I guess that's fair. All right, how about Vladdy Jr.? Vladdy hit two this week as well. All right, so no winners there. Let's move on to base stealers. How many did Sarling Marte hit for you, Andrew? Two stolen bases for Marte. That could be enough this week. How many did Mary Whitfield get? Zero for Whit. Ooh, and Trey that? Turner? One for Trey. He was too busy hitting home runs this week. Damn. All right. Starling Marte takes base stealers. All right, let's move on to serial walkers. How many did how many walks did Max Monkey get this week? Muncie finally, finally stepped up. Five okay. walks. Good for him. All right, how about the wild man, Juan Soto? Yeah, of course. Can't compete with uh Lugie favorite Juan Soto with Eight walks this week. Dang. And Bryce Harper? Only three. After last week's ten. Wow. Pathetic. <laughs> All right, let's move on uh, to Javi Baez. How many strikeouts did he have this week for you, Andrew? Javi had seven. End of the year for seven strikeouts. Very good. Very good. Mm-hmm. How about Joey Gallo for Jack? Nine for Gallo. Oh, why don't they pitch solid. to him? He sucks yeah. at hitting. Yeah, he I does. saw his I saw his numbers yesterday. Yeah. Oh my gosh, his batting so average I'm, is I'm killing it again. Tanked. I mean, yeah, you've won two Ch- categories. All right, Matt Chapman, how, how many Come on, uh, Chapman. walks did he draw? Unfortunately, only eight walks for yes. Matt. Oh yes, it's over. Yeah, it's a good week though for him. The All right. Garrett Cole, how many strikeouts did he deliver on this week for you, Andrew? Garrett sucks. Six strikeouts for Cole. He doesn't suck unless we both got less than six. Uh, Well, he knows all the scores, so he knows. Zach Wheeler, how many did he have? Seven for Zach. But Brandon Woodruff? Injured. Strong three from Brandon. (laughs) Uh oh, Jack is starting to like this game again, Tom isn't he? Resting him for the playoffs. That's what I was Next. thinking. He's not going to strain his arm too much. Luis Castillo, how many walks did he uh, give up? Three walks for Luis. I won it for him last week. How about Tyler McGill? Only one. I and Zach him. Davies? Zach Davies did not pitch this week. All right. All right. Let's move on to the anti-degram award. Most earned runs allowed. Colby mm. Allard for you, Andrew. How many uh, did he give up? He's, he's awful. Only one after seven last week. Maybe he only pitched one inning. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Jordan Lyles. Lyles also allowed one earned run. And Patrick Corbin. Two for Patrick Corbin. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Inconsequential. I think we all know Jack won this week. I think. Yeah. So Jack won this week. Unfortunately, moving towards the playoffs, where it's triple points, Jack has no players <laughs> in the playoffs. So why would I pick? Why would I pick a playoff team guy for all these shitty categories? He's got. He's got Joey Gallo. He's got Joey Gallo. Oh, that's true. He has one. <laughs> no, no, no. Um. Yeah, I think. Uh, wait. Did I just change eight to eight? Hold on. Let me just make sure. 
Okay, yeah, what's I the final score, eight. Andrew, on, the, on, on this week's categories? On this week, Jack gets three and a half. I had two. Zach has one and a half. Hey. Oh, another blowout. It was close. Um, right. So the... F- are we finishing the season here? Or, I mean, I'm fine with doing uh, triple triple points. For... No, Jack, I already changed it, you <laughs> cheater. Oh, okay. Triple points. We'll discuss offline. All right. Uh, well, right now, as it stands, Andrew, three wins. Zach, three wins. Jack, nine wins. Tripling his closest contender. Congratulations, Jack. Thank you you are much. lucky. Thank All right. Much. Let's move on to music this week. And the album last week picked by Andrew was Less Than Jake's Hello Rock View. LTJ. Jack, I'm going to go to you first. What did you think? Well, um, Less Than Jake, kind of like at the forefront. Like I said, this is third wave ska. This is um, American suburban boys who listened to the specials when they were young, Mm -hmm. starting their own ska bands. And Less Than Jake was the first to really do the ska punk act in 92 they kind of beat operation ivy to the punch blinking 182 and real big fish kind of beat those guys to the punch with this thing so um this is a very familiar sound to me and i like the sound sometimes the ska punk will kind of the songs will kind of run together eventually they, a lot of times they all start sounding the same yeah but this one had a little more variety because they do bring in more horns than a lot of the ska punk bands do so for that reason Yep. Um, number five, Nervous in the Alley, was probably my favorite song because it was very, very heavy on the trombone, which I really enjoyed. Yep. I also enjoyed All My Best Friends Are Metalheads, which they're not. And I like Danny Says <laughs> for its high energy. But um, So I really enjoyed this album, although I do like their album Anthem, released in 2003, better than this one. So if you like LTJ, give Anthem a listen. But I gave it a 7.1. And I could put this on in the backyard while I'm doing yard work and or painting the house and party hardy with it. All right, Although well. I probably want to drink beer and fall off the ladder, so. <laughs> and not while I'm painting, but anyway. All right, be careful listening to Less Than Jake. Yes. Um, My first, my initial thoughts on this album were, well, when I thought, when I think ska, I always think of Jack's, uh, Jack's old albums, the specials, all that Selector. stuff, the Clash, English Selector. Yeah. That, that's right. Not the Clash, sorry. Um, but this was so 90s when I started it. When I, As soon as I hit play, I was like, oh my gosh, this is 90s. Because I didn't know what year it was from when I started listening to it. I just, I just went ahead and listened. Mm. But you can immediately tell because every, I don't know what it is, everybody in the 90s sang like this guy. And it is a very specific way of singing. I don't know. What, I don't know why everybody decided to sing like this in the '90s, but they did. It's very fast-paced, and it is. You're right. They run together, and they're kind of like fast-paced way. I loved uh, "Nervous in the Alley," like you, Jack, and Danny says those are my two favorite songs. Okay. I also liked uh, Five State Drive." Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't the type of music that I would ever hear myself listening to, but um, it did make me feel nostalgic about the, the 90s, 90s and early and the early thousands because it was like, like I could imagine watching Nickelodeon, like Teen Nick or something, and this would be oh, like yeah. on a commercial or one of the way, one of the ways that the uh, people on the commercial were singing or whatever. Uh, so. Yes. Although Anthem, I would Anthem came out in 2003, and then they had another album in 2006. So you're right. This is uh, this goes into the early 2000s. Yeah, it was definitely a sound that was nostalgic um, to an earlier time. So, and I wouldn't listen to it now, but it did make me feel something. So I'm giving it a 6.1. Mm-hmm. Andrew, what did you think? I I really liked it. I de- totally agree with, like, it does just make you, one, that it does, like, 90s sound totally, mm-hmm. and two, with the voice. Like, the voice is extremely familiar, even though yeah. I've never listened to a song by Less Than Jake until now. 
my favorite songs were All My Best Friends Are Metalheads, Nervous in the Alley, and then Scott Farkas Takes It on the Chin were my, <laughs> were my three yes. favorites. That's a great name. Uh, but yeah, I... Go ahead. Well, yeah, so is that Scott Farkas from A Christmas Story? Yes, it is. Okay, that's what I thought. Which, he was the that's one of my favorite movies ever. I was... His tongue stuck to the pole. <laughs> so I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. Um, it's to me, it's the kind of music that makes me feel like I'm like playing a Tony Hawk game or like skateboarding <laughs> yeah. or like it is just like the perfect sound for that, which I really really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I will listen to this again. I liked it a lot. I do just find myself really enjoying a lot of ska music now. Yeah, yeah, uh, baby. So I'm going <laughs> to give it a nine. I really like it. All right. Jack, I got to say, you look like the guy on the cover. <laughs> and it's Thank not you. just the big head. <laughs> <laughs> it's the drool also coming out of his mouth, I think. But yeah, it's, you, it's just the mind. amount of fun he looks like he's having, to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right um i am going to recommend another album from the night it's my week right mm-hmm. okay i'm going to recommend another album from the 90s that i have heard talked about and praised so much but i've never listened to anything by this band the band is radiohead and the mm-hmm. album is okay computer yes i have no idea what to expect jack i don't know if you've heard it I've I've listened to it. It is uh, in terms of best albums of the '90s, it's like in everybody's top five or top one. I mean, it's it's always there. It's probably because it has some kind of groundbreaking groundbreaking quality to it, as mm-hmm. opposed to some kind of great musical. I mean, both, of course, but I think it has some groundbreaking quality to it also, which often pushes the critics' ratings up a little higher than it would have been otherwise. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, give it a listen, boys. All right. It's interesting. Well, thank you guys for joining us for episode 16 of Loogie. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And join us next Thursday for episode 17. Rojas is out. <laughs> <laughs>